He still hasn't given up his dream of becoming a member of the Beastie Boys. Mm, drop! Scott Prather on The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. It does go well with a chicken. Into the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Louisiana Raging Cajun assistant baseball coach uh, Anthony Babineau is in the house. Uh, Moon Grafal is chatting with him. Won't let him enter enter the studio, but uh, he is here, looking fresh. Fresh like Dougie's when he comes correct. Uh, that is Coach Babineau in the house. So Moon Grafong grabs him in the hall. You know, Moon, who works for, out of News Talk 96.5 KPL. I see him every day outside this studio. And there'll be times, Bab, where I'm like, I mean, I am trying to get back. I might run, grab a drink, go to the restroom, whatever. And, like, I can see, all right, I got 10 seconds to come back on. And he's like, why? Scott, my boy, I can't. Why? I'm like, I, and 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 I look. I enjoy talking to Moon, especially you know he always wants to talk sports. But it's funny sometimes. I'm like Moon, I, I'm 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 on intense. Oh yeah, I'm just just one minute, one minute. I, I think I think he's now just doing it to mess with me. Like I think he's just trolling with me. He's like, let me see how long I can drag this out. Yeah, he wants to see if you're going to actually stop and talk, or if you're just going to sometimes blow I've by had, him. Sometimes I've just left him in his middle of a sentence. He's always got good comments for me though on my way in. He always wants to talk baseball, which is great. That's what he does. He he yep. he 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 reads people. Not, now I'm not I'm not trying to suggest it wasn't genuine. Don't take it the wrong way. But he knows you're a coach. He's like, oh, well, about to ask him, say something nice about Cajun baseball, open up a conversation, and then I'll be on my way. And you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions of Moon. I I, I won't talk about his show or his politics. I just know the guy that I talk to every day is uh, he's cool. He's fun. Well, he wanted to talk about the postseason and. Congratulate us on the job that we did. So, had to acknowledge. I, I, had to acknowledge. I'll ask you what I asked Coach Deggs. Mm-hmm. How long does it take to kind of wash off one season and prepare for the next? And is there a gap between, right? Is there a little bit of downtime where you're not thinking about one or the other? Or does it just at some point transition from one or the other and there is no time in between where you're not doing something or thinking about it? Well, some years take longer than most some some years it's as soon as it's finished you're on to the next year other years and this is one of those years where it it takes a little while because we got very very close close in a couple of ways very very close as a team and close to our end of the season some of our big goals right winning a regional chance to play in a super regional and things like that so this one's going to take a little bit longer because we, we just loved being around these guys. The guys loved being around each other. We had our uh, end-of-the-year team meeting yesterday, and we kind of just let everybody who wanted to say something speak, you know, and there are a lot of guys that, that went up to the, to the center of the room and kind of poured their heart out about how they felt about the team and what it meant to them and what the season meant to them. So when you have groups like that and – 
seasons like we did where we did something special, won a championship, especially the second half of the year, right? I mean, it was just a it was just a backs against the wall scenario. You had to win as many games as you could. We did that conference tournament championship win that first game of the regional so close in the second game. So this was going to take a little bit longer, but at the same time, you have to try to put it to bed because you have to move on and for the next season, because the next season begins right now. It really does with the new players coming in and there, these guys from this year that are returning the work that they're going to put in over the summer. I mean, you can take some t- a little bit of time off to kind of get away from it a little bit, but not very long because if you do, you'll get left behind. Were there a lot of, a lot of hugs in that, that final team meeting? This team I was talking to Coach Deggs about it. You know, the 2014 team, which people reference a lot, they definitely were a tight knit group. But their, the way they might show affection might be like a punch. You know, this team, it's a lot of hugging, man. I, I imagine it was an emotional meeting, huh? Well, the the hugging was done in in the dugout after the game on Sunday. You know, not as much so yesterday, but. After that last out was made and guys were, you know, just saying thank you to everybody, to coaches, to players, to support staff. You know, that's that was a lot of hugging going on Sunday in College Station. Is the hardest part just knowing, like, this group will never completely be together again? For sure, for sure. Because even when you have reunions, it's, I mean, I, I would imagine it's never, like, able to have every single person there. Like, it's that that knowing as long as you've coached, like, this group right here will never all be together at the same time ever again when, when we when we get off that bus later. Right. Yeah, that's the last time. And, and even rather, right. And even even if everybody makes it for the reunion, it's not the same. It's you're not you're, you're not competing. Yeah, you're not competing together. You know, which is the reason that you got so tight in the first place and and loved each other in the first place. So, but there is that feeling every single year when that last out is made. You know, whether it be at home or on the road, you get off that bus. This this is it. Last time that this group will all be together. And that's that's tough a lot of times. Anthony Babineau is here, Rage Occasion Assistant Coach, joining us one more time uh, to wrap up the season and uh, kind of look back, look ahead, uh, among other things. So, Coach Deggs, I, I, looking back at the regional briefly, it, it he said it and it felt like the quote, you guys just ran out of bullets. I know you had A&M on the ropes there for a number of innings. It felt like after that game and then the next day against TCU, even if you had won that one, Bab, I mean, you're going to put it all out there, but who was going to throw? How many bullets did you have left? I know some guys were battling through some injuries, and, and you've been in postseason mode for so long, as you mentioned. Um, you fought till the end, but it's, uh, I think just the bullets ran out. Is that fair to say? That is fair to say. And, and when you get into situations like that, look, to win a regional, you either have to – You've got to hit your way through it like you're seeing some of these regionals with the scores. You know, guys are just scoring a tremendous amount of runs. Or, excuse me, or if you get in a situation where, you know, the Sunday game against TCU where, you know, offensively we might have been scuffling to score runs. You've got to have somebody on the mound that's just going to absolutely shut down the other team Mm -hmm. so that your offense is trying to, manufacture or score runs to go ahead not to catch up if you understand what i'm saying so and he was right we just just ran out of bullets just not too many the the game 
the money game was was Saturday uh, against A and M. We win that game, you know, with that two run lead in the seventh. If we get that done, it's a whole different ball game. No guarantee that we're going to win the regional, but it's a whole different scenario for us, for them. You know, it's just totally different. But this was this was a great experience for our guys. Great experience for our guys. The the ones coming back have a taste of it. They know what that regional atmosphere is like. They want to host one of these things, which we know is 100% possible here. So it was it was great for our guys to see that and be a part of it. I'm, I'm glad that they were able to experience and, and for us to get back to that spot is was huge for our program. You talk about it being possible here. I mean, it happened uh, six years ago. It happened um, eight years ago. And you look at Southern Miss, we'll be in the Sun Belt next year. I mean, that atmosphere was was incredible correct um them hosting it and just sunbelt getting four teams in and adding some more you know you had two sunbelt teams well one that's in currently and another that will be soon hosting regionals this year i mean ultimately bab aside from doing well in conference what are the other what are the other keys to to hosting a regional and getting that that bid well you you've got to have a really really good season number one you've got to have RPI to do it, you've got to be within, you know, that top top twenty, really RPI to have a shot to host, and just gotta just gotta play well. You've gotta you have to earn it. They don't give it to you. You have to earn it. You know, Georgia Southern surely earned it. Southern Miss earned it with their play and the type of season they had. So, and the the years that that we've hosted, you know, two thousand, two thousand fourteen, two thousand sixteen, I mean, we we earned it those seasons. You know, we did something really, really special those years to warrant them giving us a host site for a regional. How much of next year's schedule is is locked in? I'm not talking about the conference games. <clears throat> That'll be decided later, but non-conference. And, you know, as a guy like you that, that is responsible for these things, how fluent is it? I mean, at, at, how late has something just been been changed on you before? Like, can you ever just be like, all right, we got this locked in, now I don't have to worry about it? Or do you always kind of like, man, until this, this non-conference game happens, I'm I'm just going to wait and see? Well, you don't have to wait that long until uh, the actual game happens. But, you know, until that contract is in hand, and even even then, you know, the contracts can be, can be broken. So, um Usually in baseball, once you have it set, it's it's kind of set. Next year's non-conferences, the weekends are all set. You know, some midweeks to still iron out some dates, uh, but the non-conferences are set. So it's going to be another good schedule, not quite as as top-heavy as this past year. You know, the the great thing about teams like Southern Miss and Old Dominion coming into the league the league RPI now is going to be higher or lower. So should I say? Yeah, yeah, right. So better, better. better. There we go. <laughs> it's going to be better. So, you know, we won't have to be as, as RPI heavy on the non-conference games because of what the conference is going to provide. Gotcha. Which is a good thing. Uh, Anthony Babineau is in the house. We're going to talk to him plenty this morning. If you have any questions, you can email me, scott at ESPNLafayette.com. You can tweet us at ESPNLafayette. That's the handle. Being that uh, Dr. Wingerter, uh, a guy that you know goes by doctor but also goes by Yeg, um, 
He was on briefly this morning. He was he was on the road. Uh, Sport has asked a question. He says, is Wingarder the coach Bab of football or is Bab the Wingarder of baseball? We're both the chiefs of staff for our respective <laughs> sports. It's you know, not Troy one or the is, other, guys. It's it's the Troy is Troy does a tremendous job, you know, with the football program and, and the the job that, that he is tasked to do and you know, hopefully that I do the same great job that, that he does for, for football. I know that as operations guys, you know, we're we're tasked with with a lot of um a lot of different areas, right? You know, a little bit of everything, so to speak. And our job, I feel our job is, is one organization to be organized for the, for the sport and to make everyone's job easier. You know, I know that's what I try to do with, with mine, make, making things easier for the, for the coaches as far as making sure that they have what they need to, to perform their jobs at a, at a high level. So, you know, Troy does a great job. I hope that I just, I hope that I do a good job as Troy does. Look at that. So I guess I'm the... That's just buttering each other up there. <laughs> That's all it is. A couple of Rage and Cajun lifers, uh, ESPN Lafayette. When you look back at, at the 2022 season, 10 years from now, what do you think you're going to... When you're still a very young man, what do you think you're going to think about that, Dean? Because I imagine some years obviously stand out more than others. Maybe a few mm-hmm. run together. Mm-hmm. How do you think you'll look back at this one? Well, this one will definitely be a fun one to look back at because of, as I mentioned earlier, everything that they had to accomplish in a short amount of time, meaning the second half of the season. The first half was just just okay, a couple games above 500, but our goal was to get into a regional and to get into a regional not by having to win the conference tournament. That's how we got in, but to try and position ourselves for an at-large bid. So in order to do that, we had to pretty much win out the second half of the season. And we didn't win out, but we almost did. Uh, our record was really, really good the second half. And that stretch of games that we played, starting with the conference tournament where you open up with South Al and beat them and then beat a nationally ranked Georgia, um, Texas State team, then beat a nationally ranked Georgia Southern team, and then beat a nationally ranked TCU team. Yeah. And then have a two-run lead in the seventh against a nationally ranked Texas A&M game team. That's a, arguably one of the best four to five game stretches in the history of our program, you know? So those are some of the things that I'm going to remember this club for the, the respect that they all had for each other. Some of the things that some players had to go through just to get on the field, just to help us. You know, those are the things that come to mind when I think about this group. Coach Anthony Babineau is in studio this morning. One more time before I, I leave him alone for a while and, and let the man live his life. How do you spin your off seasons? Do you watch? I mean, are you, are you dialed into super regionals or are you the kind of guy that's like, it, I, I, I want to be there. I don't, I, I can't watch this. No, I can watch them. And I, and I do just because I love baseball so much. Uh, I've found myself this past Monday in between tons and tons of yard work going inside or, or, pulling games up on the phone or checking scores just because the reason I know for me, the reason I watch is because we know all these guys so well, a lot of relationships, a lot of relationships with these coaches and some of these players, you know, because you've either recruited them or seen them play 
in high school, if they're from around your area. So that's a reason why I enjoy watching. And it'll be no different with with the Super Regional, especially, you know, a a group like Southern Miss, who we play every year. And especially he's going to be a league foe now. You know, excited for those guys, for Coach Barry and his assistants. And, you know, was was pulling so hard for Texas State and just – Talk Incredible about what happened to them. And rush. Absolutely. You talk I mean, about getting on a bus. I mean, getting on a flight and having to leave the next day after that. that no, is, I, I know exactly how those guys feel, man. Brutal, it's, man. It's a bad feeling. It, it's a great feeling knowing that you got your club to that point, but to carry a two-run lead like that in the bottom of the ninth, it's And there's such a gut-wrenching. A, 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 a experienced, kind of senior-heavy team. I mean, there's going to be a lot of changes. Um Seven seniors are leaving your program. There might be, you know, your your normal. There's always a little bit of turnover. Some years more than other. We'll see. Maybe Julian Brock's probably going to have a decision to make in regards to the draft. I know he's just a sophomore. So uh, Tyler Robertson as well. How much? I mean, it, looking at Texas State and what they have to do, maybe with. Uh, do you feel like you guys have that much of a turnaround next year? Do you feel like you know what we got? So many guys coming back. It's we got to replace some key players, but. I guess how do you how would you specify the the amount of work that needs to be done to the roster between uh, now and the start of next season? Well, there's definitely some work, but we return a really really good core. The thing you know the difference about Texas from Texas State and us, Texas State, just about every player on that team were fifth and and sixth year you know super seniors that they're calling them because of the COVID right um, year. Those guys were all that age and all that experienced, you know, so that's that's a lot that they're losing. We lose seven seniors. You're correct, but it's not those those guys at Texas State. They had another year on our seniors. You know, it just no, they, had, they had some 24 year olds. In there. Right. Absolutely. A ton of them. So we've got a good good group coming back, some good kids coming in. And then with the transfer portal now, I mean, everybody uses it. You know, whether you agree with it, we like it, does, doesn't matter, it's there, and everybody uses it. So, you know, and, and I would have to think that Texas State's going to use that for a little bit to try and, and rebuild what they're going to have to rebuild. Just because it's the transfer portal now is, you know, we used to say you need immediate help, you go to the junior college route because those guys are older. Well, now you've got the junior college route and you've got the transfer portal route if you need immediate help as compared to just all freshmen. So Jay rosters and I, can be turned over quickly. And Yeah. And, we, we were talking about the transfer portal and that, you know, di- different students are in it for different reasons. Um, in some cases, or or in a lot of cases, not every single case, but in a lot of cases – a player is in the portal because they it, it didn't work out, right, wherever they were. Maybe, you know, there's a few cases where you need to get close to home, family, family member. Um, maybe there was a coaching change, whatever. But in, in a lot of cases, that player was someone else's problem. How do you approach a transfer portal as a coach in recruiting, knowing that there's some really talented players here and some could be great fits, but, you know, it didn't work. Why didn't it work out over there? Like, do you do you focus more heavily on that, or do you feel like the traditional route is is the better way to go? Well, it's 
it's a fine balance because guys do get in, as you mentioned, for different reasons. And it's very, I believe, it's very, very hard to get to the bottom of what that reason really is. You know, you call around and you call their coach and you try to find out as much information as you can, but there's just no way of knowing. But that's with every player. that You try to build these relationships and, and you think you know what you're getting, but you really don't until it comes down to it, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just an it's just another element to to navigate in the recruiting world. It really is. Um, and you know, there's the question of do you do you try to take a player from a bigger program that maybe it didn't work out for, or do you take a player from that did really well at a at a lesser level, right. so to speak? Right. You know, it's yeah, yeah. There's, There's a lot balance. that goes into There's it. There's a I lot mean, that goes into I it. I imagine the research part of it is you just, at some point, you get as much as you can, and then a lot, I would imagine a lot of it's just based on when you talk to the young man and that that impression right there, even if it's only a one-time meeting, it's a lasting impression that's either going to be good or bad and will probably weigh heavily on a decision. Right. Yeah, it's definitely going to weigh heavily because I hear the guys talk about it all the time, and it was the same with me when it, when I was doing it. You you. You get off the phone with these kids, and you immediately have an impression. It's tough, man. For sure. But, and, and a lot of times it's like you get off the phone fired up about this kid coming, or you get off the phone and going, Oof, But it's I But obviously it's not a perfect science. No, I mean, absolutely it's not. I, I For the and, majority of my life, I guess since, certainly since I was a teenager, when I have gotten to know someone, I would say almost every one of them has said, man, you're not what I thought you were. I, I, I'll be honest, I had a pretty bad first impression of you. And, and I, when I was young, I used to be like, man, I wonder why that is. And I, you know, whatever, I, there, there's different reasons. And I'm not even upset about it, now, especially now as I'm older. I really don't, I really don't care. But, you know, as, as back when I was in my late teens and early 20s, thinking about it, like, man, I, I, it's, you got to nail that interview. You know what I mean? And I imagine there's probably been some guys you're like, I'm not sure we're going to take a chance. And you're like, wow, you, okay, you didn't interview well, but you were just what we needed. And it, there's just, there's no perfect science to it. You know what I mean? No, there's not. It's it's a crapshoot. Yeah. It can be a crapshoot. And what's been tough about it the last couple of years, not not the immediate year, but two years ago during the COVID shutdown is you couldn't see these kids play. You're doing everything off of video. You're watching video and you're, talking to them on the phone, and there's no physical face-to-face interaction Which is probably whatsoever. more comfortable for them because that's how that generation, you know, is Well, for them, but so not much. for us. For, yeah, for you guys, it's like, this isn't, this isn't, we don't play baseball on the phone. I mean, not, not for, I guess you can get an app, but you know what I mean. We don't play digital baseball. We're here to play big boy baseball. Right. Um, talking about first impressions, ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Rage Cajun assistant coach Anthony Babineau is in the house. Coach Deggs, I've told him this in the past uh, many times, and I, I talked to him about it yesterday. I said, look, I mean this in a, in, as a compliment. You, you are an intense guy, and first impressions with you are, man, that's an intense guy. And in everything he does, not just in coaching, 
But as I've gotten to know him better, I now have a feel for when he is joking because he does have a really good sense of humor. I'll, you know, for example, as a joke yesterday, when I went to see him, I, I had one of my kids with me, but I, I left him in the car. And of course, I left the AC on. I mean, I didn't. And, he, and Coach Dick's just deadpan. He's like, well, how are you going to make him tough? I mean, you got to. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go turn the heater on. And it, Just a complete joke, right? It's lab. But as I've gotten to know him, it, it's like at first he used to say jokes and then he'd have to kind of look at me and like almost give a grin. I'm like, oh, okay. He's just he's just messing around. And I said, man, like. How how long does it take for someone that plays for you, that's around you a lot, but that relationship's very different, coach-player, to get to that point where they kind of know, like, okay, coach is, is trying to keep it light right now, and okay, this this you know this means business. Uh, and he said, listen, I know I can be hard to play for, but ask anybody that's that's played for me and stayed, they'll tell you it comes completely from a place of love, and they'll also tell you that you you do reach that point where, you know, there, there's a time and a place to kind of lighten it up a little bit. Um, what did he say after the game Sunday? Season's over. Obviously, it's emotional. What did he say about Will Vayon to kind of lighten the mood a little bit? We kind of cracked jokes about how he hit the ball off the <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> You know, um, you see, season think, ended on a on a ground ball that was that hit the ground first, like we were playing cricket or something. You yeah, know, he um, he told me that he was like, it was all serious, and he he kind of felt the moment. He's like, and guys, you know, there's something else we did that no that no group has ever done. And he said they all looked at him real serious, and he's like, Will Veon managed to bounce one off the ground, <laughs> right? And then everyone started cracking up. What you you look? You were an assistant with him, and then he was the head coach. What's your relationship like with Coach Deggs? And, you know, he talked about what it's like to play for him. What's it like to coach for him? And and what is his sense of humor like from somebody that's around him as much as you are? Well, you know, as far as working for him, you know, he, he expects a lot out of his coaches and staff as well, which I think is a great thing. Um, you know, uh, there's times it's kind of almost the same as the players. You know, there's times when, when it's not – there's times when you can't joke around and there's other times when the mood is light and 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 you can crack jokes and and things can be made fun of so but and there's there's a balance you have to, I feel like you have to as a coach with the players you have to have a balance with your team I think you have to have a balance with your staff I don't believe that things can be just serious 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 all the time and right. i don't think things can be funny 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 all the time there's got to be a mix of both there's got to be a balance of both and i feel like he does a really good job of of intermingling those two both with the team and with his staff it's a feel right it's just right a time and a place and you just i, I imagine the longer you coach bab the the i'd say the better you get at it and you guys have been coaching a long time right well you get a sense for when when it's time to be serious and when it's time to be a little less serious, and the players pick pick up on that, you know, they they pick up on on how their head coach is, is how their staff is, when they have to be serious, when they can be light, when they can when they can try to lighten the mood, mm-hmm. and and that all comes with the with the uh, personality of the player too. Sometimes you get players that they can a guy might be able to say <clears throat> just about anything at any point. And it's taken the right way. It's not taken wrong, you know. Like 
So a player can try to lighten the mood when it's a serious mood and all the other players may be like, I don't read, know if this is the right read, time. Read the room, buddy. But for that particular player, it's the perfect time. Sure. You know? Sure. I got you. It's it's all about reading personalities and knowing your players, knowing the time and the place. Coach Anthony Babino, here's a question we have from Carl via email. He says, who's the funniest player you've ever coached? Oh, that I've ever coached. <laughs> Imagine there's been some couillons that have come through. Oh, my goodness. No, Will Vay, you know, I don't know if he's the funniest I've ever coached, but just speaking about this team, Will's pretty funny. Uh, he keeps the mood pretty light. Oh, man, putting me on the spot. I'd have to have a roster from each year. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple, I'm sure. It'd no, have sport, to just be one. Sport called in or sent in yeah. a question earlier. Sport's one of the more comical guys that I've coached over the years. There's been some there's been some good ones. I, I remember there was a video done of the two thousand team, the World Series team. Where those guys are crying, Ryan Gill, a second baseman, who got outfielder. the blonde hair who got the bleach blonde hair started? I don't remember who started it. But it I don't remember which individual player. It spread like a virus throughout oh, like wildfire. <laughs> the locker room for, and the team. For a couple of years. Not just with our team. There were there were teams in Lafayette, kids teams doing it, you know. It was late nineties, early two thousands. The like bleach blonde hair was a mm-hmm. it was it was a trend for a good that and the like, you know, shell necklace. Right? Maybe some Birkenstocks. <laughs> Birken, that was, Birkenstocks are in. Are if, still in now. They're, 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 they're kind of, they're, they went, They're kind of making a comeback. I don't know how I feel. I, I do. Know, I don't like Birkenstocks. Not a fan. Are you wearing some right now? No, I'm okay, not wearing right. Birkenstocks. Just want to make now. sure I wasn't insulting no. you as you're here. No, the kids all have them. You never know what's going to come back in style. Mm-hmm. Well, never know if a movie from our youth would just have a sequel. Right. Thirty six years later. Top Gun Maverick, uh, my conversation with Coach Deggs, we, it cut off before we got to that part, which probably worked out because he just gave away a spoiler and then we laughed about it. But I know the team went to see it. Uh, Want to get your thoughts on Top Gun Maverick. Look ahead to um, a little bit to next season and, and kind of just put a bow on this one. Coach Anthony Babado in studio with me this morning, Rage Occasion Assistant Baseball Coach. This is the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket. What's up, Acadiana? This is Rich Eisen. Check out the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from noon to 3 and get your sports fix right here on ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. You, my friend. I'm glad I did this test on you, the friendship test. What? You got the best seat in the house. ESPN Lafayette. ESPNLafayette.com and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. A couple minutes left here. Anthony Babineau is in studio with us, Rage Cajun assistant coach. Rage Cajun lifer, as I like to call him. Um, haven't been to the theater much. Uh, in the last few years. Part of that's being a, a parent with young kids. Part of it was the pandemic and stuff being available. I, I got the Top Gun Maverick last week. My brother-in-law and I, we just, I don't know, the kids were out in the street with our wives. It was like, man, it's an 8-15 showing. And we like kind of <laughs> kept pushing for like, can we get the go-ahead, you that's know? That's funny. And uh, and I was, it was, I, it, I guess I saw it a week ago. And um, 
man, it was awesome. You know, a lot of hype, obviously, and all this stuff. But for any any anybody who was either born in the eighties or in the seventies, I mean, Top Gun is just it's an iconic movie, and mm-hmm. you've seen it, and you've seen it a lot. And I, I hadn't seen the original in you know, several years, but like I remember it because I saw it a ton when I was younger. Somehow managed to live up to the hype. Some would say surpass it. I mean, I I don't know how they did it, but with all of these remakes or or sequels that are far and you know not just a few years removed, but, but a lot of years in between. I mean, Coach Deggs. He told me one of the first times we talked, his favorite movie was Top Gun, and then yesterday he told me he thinks Top Gun Maverick was actually better. That. Y'all went and saw it as a team. I know you had some time in Montgomery with the rain and everything. That was that was a great team activity. How did you feel about Top Gun Maverick? I thought it was great. I thought they did a tremendous job with it. A lot of the first movie brought into the second movie, but in, in a different aspect, so to speak. I thought they did a really good job. There was just one, and I won't say it, so it's not to spoil it for people that haven't seen it yet. There's only one thing, one thing that I was waiting for that didn't happen. Okay. And that was disappointing for me, but. Man, now you got me. Now you got my wheel spinning. When we get off the air, I'll tell you what it it was. I didn't realize until after that, um, you know, Jennifer Connelly's character, she wasn't in the first one, but she was referenced in the first one. Right, and I didn't I didn't realize that until after, and I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember that line. So they really, you mentioned it to bring back elements of the first one. It was very nostalgic, but they hit all the right keys. It wasn't like, okay, this is this is just too much. This is you're trying too hard on nostalgia. You're trying too hard on the original. It hit all the right notes, man. It mm-hmm. was just, it was great. I mean, shoot, Tom Cruise will be sixty soon. I mean, you know being in shape and plastic surgery and all that other stuff. And I know they filmed all this stuff three or four years ago, but looking at him and Jennifer Connelly, I'm like, how, how are they How are they in their mid to late 50s? Man? Right, right. No, it was done really well, done really well. And, and um, it was great because you mentioned we did have some downtime to that week in Montgomery before we started to play. And when we realized that that was coming out that that week and that particular day, Looked it up, found a theater, and we had the whole place to ourselves. We had the whole theater to ourselves. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, it was great. Movies are great. Obviously, they can be a, a team experience. I know Coach Robe liked to do that from time to time. Uh, the Lone Survivor, that was one he referenced a lot. I remember when it came out, talking about the team watching it, sort of utilizing it. In all your years as a player and coach, what's the worst movie you think the team ever went to see? Nothing comes to mind. No, because when we've taken when we've taken the team to movies, it's it's usually something that's really really hyped up and, and has a certain meaning behind it. Whether it be a, a reference to a slogan that we're using that season or, or something else like that. So the ones we've taken the team, I can't remember one that's just been a dud. I got you. I really can't. Um, Last thing, Coach Babb with us, and uh, I'll talk to him again, but not for a while. We're going to let him get uh, his offseason, the work he needs to do, and everything else going on in his life. Um, Coach Babb, excuse me, Coach Babb, Coach Degg said after the game on Sunday, I just talked to that group. We're losing some great guys. 
I told all the returning players, next year at this time, we're going to walk through the gates of Omaha. Of all the things you guys have to do to accomplish that goal, what do you think is at the top of the list? Well, we've got a. I think there's a couple of things that are at the top of that list for us to be able to do that. We've one obviously we've got to put together another group, and they've got to get as close as this group did. Uh, as far as the game goes and abilities go, we have to, and this was shared with the group yesterday, so it's not a secret. We've got to drive in more runs in what we call layup situations, runner at third, less than two. We've got to get those things done because when you watch these games you're watching right now, that's the difference. They get those opportunities, they get it done. They get it done. They don't, they leave runners stranded, obviously, mm-hmm. but, but when those guys get to third base or when they get in scoring position, they drive runners in. Their big dogs step up. So we've got to have our big dogs step up at the, at the, Best time and at the biggest time, the biggest games. And on the mound, we've got to do a better job of of eliminating free stuff. Attack more, cut down the hit-by-pitches, cut down the walks, make guys, make other teams earn everything that they get. And if we can do that with good players, and you you know what happens, you're able to do some good things. Coach Anthony Babineau has been our guest Thanks for coming in all season, Coach. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Seeing you around here and there, but uh, probably not back in the studio until, you know, before we get ready for next season, man. All the best, brother. Thanks so much. Thank you, my man. Appreciate you. Lynn Burton filling in for me tomorrow. I'll be back Friday. Gus Cagnell and more. Don't go anywhere. The Dan Patrick Show is next. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. (laughs) 